Hello, everybody. Hey, I'm Matt. I'm Zach. And this is MZ Car Guys Podcast. You can reach us on all the social media at MZ Car Guys. And drop us a line at mzcarguys at gmail.com. Also, you can follow us on anchor.fm forward slash mzcarguys. Uh, so quick thing, normally we do all of this uh, after everybody at my house and uh, where Matt is has gone to bed, <clears throat> but we had to do this a little bit earlier, so uh, if there's any background noise, I apologize. Matt, what are we doing today? Land Rover. Land Rover. So in order to do Land Rover, we have to do something else first first um it's it's so it's it's a little bit hard for us because we live in america if you can't tell by our accents um i i I know matt seems posh but he's not (laughs) actually english he is he is uh very much no 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 you're not even californian sir you're it's you're 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 about close to actually being from like you know like the Hamptons. <laughs> oh, you seen I'm, I'm on the verge of being mid-Atlantic. Yes. So, anyway, so the in order to do Land Rover, we actually have to do a brief little bit on Rover up to Land Rover. Because uh, that is where Land Rover came from, is is uh, is Rover itself. Hmm. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, Rover is actually, I think, one of the earliest British car companies. Uh, one of the yeah, one of the earliest British nameplates uh, in, in in automotive. Um, uh, just brief history. Uh, mid to late 1800s they shockingly they went from machines uh, to um, uh, bicycles but nobody goes from bicycles to automotive I know right this isn't a theme that we've been listening to this entire time so anyways so yeah so uh, they uh they they built uh, some bicycles and then they uh, they then went from bicycles to uh, in the early 1800s uh, to make a guess motorcycles. Oh my gosh! There you go. Yeah, wow. motorcycles. Uh, motorcycles uh, around 1902 ish, that kind of a thing, uh, and then worked into cars. Um, so. Uh, and then they had basically just cars um, from varying different uh, things and so forth uh, all the way up to uh, the Second World War. Uh, and in the Second World War, um, they, uh, it was then uh, right after World War II, uh, they were headed by, against, uh, by a man named uh, Maurice Wilkes. Um, him and his, uh, Maurice was uh, head of Rover, uh, and his brother Spencer kind of worked with him and so forth. 
and in 1947, uh, using uh, a lot of um, using a lot of uh, leftover wartime materials because there was quite a bit of it, uh, they took a surplus uh, military jeep, uh, the Willie's jeep, um, and then they created basically a uh, uh, a land uh, a, a, a four wheel drive vehicle on top of that, um, and it was basically sold as a rover. It was just simply known as Land Rover, uh, Series One, Series Two. Uh, that they that they we commonly refer to those um, that really didn't kind of come around until I think like the '90s and stuff, and uh, that's where we begin. <laughs> Is basically you have these, these Land Rovers that were uh, basic farm implements uh, for my gosh, most of you know. Uh, most of the of of the twentieth century, in um, you know, in in uh, in the English countryside. So, uh, huh. so, so really had, not that much from from, from the uh, Galandewagen of Mercedes Benz. Yeah, basically. Uh, go ahead and speak to the people. I've got to uh, cover up and uh, and uh, and take care of a brief little thing. Go ahead. Sure. Okay, so um, the Land Rover was uh, was revolutionary in the fact that it had an aluminum body. So the aluminum body allowed it to be a lot lighter, which made it more nimble on its feet, so better power-to-weight ratio, made it easier to get up and over stuff. You didn't need this massive torque-filled, power-filled engine. You could get away with something more reasonable, more reliable, um, and being lighter weight just made the whole car more reliable. So... Uh, by the British royal family um, as a favorite um, hunting excursion type vehicle. So they were on quite a bit. I mean, they were pretty uh, pretty wide ranging. So I mean, long, long before the Range Rover model era came out, the sort of luxury version of it with more doors, more seats, more appointments, etc. The Land Rover was a basically a British version of the Jeep, um, and uh, and apparently the Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, who's queen to this day was was especially fond of them and uh, Prince Philip as well, um, the royal consort, her husband. Um, so it, it it goes back a really long way. Um, and if I'm going to ask Zach more about this when he gets back, but it's my understanding that around the 80s or so was when uh, the that sort of range this symbol idea kind of came into play and you started seeing people driving them around you know people who were making 80s type money uh, as a thing of saying oh well you know i've i i drive this now and I, you know i could be driving say like a ford bronco or something right but i've got a range rover instead and then all of a sudden people found out that not only were parts impossible to get and weeks and months out if something broke but that it was horrifically horrifically sorry expensive to replace them so there's that um obviously there's all the all the bits about how you know jeremy clarkson the head of top gear now the head of the grand tour is you know pretty much in love with the car and thinks it's the best thing since sliced bread to be on four wheels at least if you're not if you're not on the racetrack um but uh you know, to Americans, it's it's the kind of car where we sort of go, well, sure, if you have more money than sense, then get a Range Rover. 
but but there is something refreshingly kind of honest about it in the sense that it's boxy four-wheel drive four-door suv that can actually do what the body says it can do in terms of off-road capability it's just that at some point you have to pay the mechanical or electrical piper on this one so it's a it's it's kind of an interesting place in automotive history in that it it doesn't have the off-road credibility of say a jeep but it also doesn't have that sort of suv sort of pretend suv quality that a lot of the the newer luxury crossovers have because it is a true body on frame you know sort of well, the closest thing I can think of is it's sort of like a higher end version of like a Lexus GX um, or a, probably closer to a Lexus LX kind of a deal. Um, so that that sort of thing, um, you know, without that Toyota notion of reliability, but with a just a just better luxury appointed inside and more kind of. Um, oh, yes, we do this on the weekends, um, kind of a thing, the kind of thing you take on a fox hunt or, you know, or a pheasant hunt. Um, not the kind of thing you'd be out, you know, with, with, with your mates on a Saturday or, or bashing through the desert because uh, you feel like it. But uh, Land Rover is a, it's, it's kind of an interesting place. There's a real uh, renewed interest in the car now, going all the way back to the first version where it's got this kind of, refreshingly basic simplicity to it. And there's a lot of uh, resto modding on, and you've probably seen uh, some of the stuff that Icon is doing, uh, Jonathan Ward's company out of LA. And they're doing a lot of the uh, this Land Rover stuff uh, where they're taking the basic body of it and then doing all kinds of nicer appointments inside, better suspension, better engines, or at least better engine tuning. Um, and, you know, when these cars are, low to mid six figures but on the other hand you get a car that actually does everything it says it can and and we'll do it next week and next month and 10 years from now and it's still working so um at this point um i'm going to hand it back over to zach and uh, let's see if we can sort of pick up the history um at the end of the 20th century but yeah i mean you know in in the early 70s it is really well not really even the early 70s 1976 uh, or 1978 sorry um is really where what we know of as land rover that's when it really truly started uh because land rover became a separate entity um out of british leyland so that's when we get all the stuff that we have nowadays hmm, okay yeah, so, you know, and then you got uh, the Range Rover, um, you know, became an actual production model. And, um, you know, in 89, they, they introduced the, uh, the Discovery. Um, and then uh, they, you, you had a continuation of, uh, of the Defender um, and the Defender 90. One of my favorite, I got introduced to the Defender 90 in uh in the first uh laura croft movie uh the uh the, the the tomb raider with angelina jolie and that was a really awesome movie for a very young me <laughs> so okay in fairness 
in total fairness, if you are a young man of a certain age, the first time you see the first Tomb Raider movie, you will understand what Zach is referencing. If you are not in that category, you will look at it like the rest of us did when we saw it later in life and went, huh. Next. It was a decent movie. <laughs> Anyways. It was, it was no Mr. and Mrs. Smith. No, Mr. and Mrs. Smith was awesome. That's a, that's, that's an awesome movie. Anyways. Um, so yeah, I mean, and then you kind of go through this whole thing. Uh, in 94, uh, the Rover group, uh, and we'll later get into this uh, when we get into uh, Mini Cooper. Um, but the, the, the Rover group was then purchased by BMW. And that's when Land Rover and Jaguar um, sort of kind of, well, not really Jaguar, but Land Rover uh, and, um, and the rest of the Rover group and stuff like that all became under the tutelage of, uh, of BMW. Uh, later on, I think around 2000, yeah, 2000, uh, BMW then uh, sells Land Rover to Ford, which didn't really do anything for Land Rover. Um, and, uh, didn't the, didn't they mean, sell the, Land Rover and Jaguar to Ford at the same time? Well, BMW didn't have Jaguar at the time. The Jaguar okay. was not part of that Jaguar. Ford okay, purchased I, I yeah, Ford purchased Volvo, Jaguar, and Land Rover all separately. They became the, 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 the premier auto group. Uh, right. for, Which we Ford. discussed before a little bit. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, but yeah, I mean, you know, and it's and uh, in two thousand and five uh, you have the Range Rover Sport. Um, as Jeremy Clarkson calls it, uh, oh my gosh, the 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 Chelsea mo- the the Chelsea edition, I think is what. <laughs> that, that's that that sounds about right, right? Yeah, or yeah, you know, the, where, the, the official the official car of Chelsea, something like that. Yeah, well, yeah, or the 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 official car of of footballers. Yeah. Which means the car of Chelsea, so yeah. it all works. So, um, but that's also when you know it, it, they they really started putting because before then, I mean, like like in the in, in the fifties, the sixties, the seventies, and even somewhat into the eighties, but mostly 60, 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, the Land Rover was still a farming implement, for lack of a better term. I mean, you know. 60s and 70s they still had you know power takeoffs you know for you to be able to do stuff with and everything you i'm know, sorry I, I, please hold on we need to back up here for i'm sorry power takeoff something something you put on a jet airplane no so it, it's also known as a pto drive um power takeoff so there's a uh and and, and i and i forgot that you're you're not country um <laughs> and you most definitely are I, I am a little bit, but uh, a power takeoff. Anyway, yeah. uh, a power takeoff is a. Um, it's basically a uh, a differ uh, a differential that you plug something into, um, 
for mechanical like uh, uh, like for to, to, create, to create like a combine or a sifter that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean you can yeah, so you can plug like a uh, a, a lawnmower onto the front of something, or you can um, yeah, but I mean it, it basically if if you have some kind of like uh, mechanical farming implement, you can kind of plug it into this into this mechanical uh, outlet for a better, for lack of a better term. Um, so basically it's, get, it's, it's, it's a socket for a drive shaft. Essentially. Yeah. It's a socket for a drive shaft and, and the drive shaft is operating some kind of uh, machinery of some kind. Okay. Um, okay. So, like, 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 a, like a harvester or a combine or, or even the, whatever the, the, um, snow blower. The thing yeah. that plows the, that tills the soil that creates the lines, whatever you call that. A tiller. Sure. There you go. Yeah, that that's what it's called. It's a tiller. Okay, because in, in my in my world, a tiller is a thing on a boat that helps you steer, or helps you. Oh my gosh! Really? Hey, don't don't I'm judge. Talk, man. I'm talking salt of the earth. People who get their hands dirty, and you're like, mm, yes, you know the tiller on the back of the yacht. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey, I'll, I'll put my spinnaker up against your up against your PTO any day. You leave my spinnaker out of there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, so all right, so anyway, so PTO, not GTO. Yes, two completely different things. Uh, yeah, power takeoff, not Gran Turismo Olegado. Uh Anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, so bad. <laughs> but I mean, it's what. You butchered that pronunciation so badly. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm absolutely sure. Thank you. Sure. I can't say getting jiggy with it without sounding good. But I do get jiggy with it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, it's just so creepy. <laughs> Anyways, but I mean, but but really what we know of as... Rover. The, right. the 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 posh upscale um serious off-road machine and i mean and and that's one of the really nice things about land rover is they've is they've never really lost sight of that about what they are i mean they are first and foremost an off-road machine um, yes, the that is true. That you know it's one of the really cool things is is that it's it's actually it's it's in the contract um and and you have to get special permissions uh if you don't if you can't um if you have a uh, a land rover uh franchise you are supposed to have an off road course at your dealership to really? demonstrate uh the abilities of the land rover I'll be damned. I don't know if that's it's still part of it, uh, but I know most Land Rover dealerships still have their off-road course. One of them is a, a is a very steep off to the side. One of them is um, kind of just for articulation, you know, to show off their articulation and so forth. I mean, it's it's you know, I mean, it's it's still a very serious off-road machine. Um, to the point of where you can actually there's there's a Land Rover uh, off-roading class that Land Rover puts on 
uh, I think down in Arizona is where they do it in the United States. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a, it's a very serious day and, and all Land Rovers, you can go through and do this. Um, the fact that they're caution side and so forth is, is one thing, but you know, I mean, even the Range Rover sports, I believe are supposed to be able to do some serious off-road stuff. Hmm. There was um, Johnny Lieberman of Motor Trend did a did a uh, a segment where he went to some Mercedes Benz sanctioned thing very very similar to that and it was this super off roady thing where they had sections for the G wagons and the Unimog and you could take out all the stuff and they had sections where they were like yes well when the course is is at its best it is at its is very muddy um, you know and they <laughs> had like like you know like forty five degree hills you know in this Unimog and you like. You know he's he's geeking out some this kind of stuff, but um, I don't I, th- I think it's in Germany unfortunately, but um, but it's this massively just intense off road course made me think of it. Yeah, well it's 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 it. I mean, watch some of the off roading things and stuff like that where it shows because all of the engines are um, they're very torquey. Uh, the 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 four wheel drive system is is really advanced, um, and the air suspension system is probably probably one of the most advanced um, around mm. because it tries to self level itself. Um, it makes for a very expensive repair. Holy crap! Um, you know all, all those the air shocks on those things are just you know. It's not like you're putting, you know, you're changing out air shocks on the back of a, uh, uh, a um, yeah, on the back of a Lincoln town car. <laughs> I mean, this is, ask me how I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I used to own a Lincoln town car, 93 Lincoln town car. One of my yeah, favorites of all time. We all make mistakes. Uh, oh, no, dude. Oh, my gosh. It was like. <laughs> I wrote oh, in it. It was oh. interesting. Every once in a while, every once in a great while, you're actually able to tell that you were riding on something as abrasive as road because it was just, it was so floaty and it just kind of glided along and just, oh, it was amazing. Anyways, so, but, you know, I mean, but it, uh, yes, they've had some, some engine issues and some build quality issues and so forth. And, and I, and I did auto parts. Uh, many years ago, um, and one of which was uh, for Land Rover, and um, it, it was interesting because at the time it was like one guy was one guy in England was the only one that was actually putting together lock cylinders, and he wouldn't talk to you. It, it would take however long it took to get the lock cylinder done, you know, and keyed and everything like that. If you oh, tried the, call- thing, the thing for the door lock. Yeah. And, and if you tried calling him, he would like hang up on you. You know, it was just, it was amazing anyways, but that was, that was back in the Ford days. Um, but just as with Jaguar um, in, you know, in, in 2008, um, you know, right after the financial crisis and stuff, Ford sold Land Rover to Tata Motors. And, and, and I really honestly think that if it hadn't been for Tata Motors, 
Land Rover and Jaguar would not have survived um, as well as they did, if even at all, um, to today. I mean, honestly. You're probably right. Uh, And, you know, now we have uh, the, the Range Rover Evoque, which was which is a very beautiful car it, and it's amazing even even with like the, the the Range Rover Velar it's you're getting Land Rovers um, that that went from and, and the transformation is amazing it went from these you know basically just these, these, these country estate farm kind of machineries type of things and then it became um, these off-road thing, you know, these off-road things that were to truly luxury, but also with, you know, some tasteful looks and so forth. So, well, the, 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 the Evoke particularly, I mean, you know, they, the, the thing about that car is not the fact that it's the baby Range Rover, which it is. That's kind of beside the point. It's the fact that it and I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with the fact that it's the only SUV with a convertible option other than the Jeep Wrangler that isn't hideous. No, it looks nice. I it's saw one at first and I was like, why does this work? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's, it's, it's really tough to pull that off. But basically, you've got it's, it's Wrangler, it's the Evoke, and... That's the end of the list. Uh, but, you know, I mean, yeah, the, the Range Rovers are very nice cars right up until they break or until they, you know, say, dump a quart of oil on the road. Or they get a hole in the air suspension and the whole car falls. And all of a sudden, you know, your, your tires are rubbing against your wheel wells when you're parked. So, you know, but there's, but, um, and it, it does such a damn good job of it. But, Matt Fair at the Smoking Tire did a video on a, on a Range Rover and took to uh, ba- uh, Rower Flats, um, this big off-working course outside of LA. And the, the lack of things he had to do from a mechanical standpoint to get that, to get that thing up and over the top of that was pretty incredible. You know, it came down the other side, totally fine, you know, condition comfort, good to go. And so I, I, got, I, I tipped my hat to them in that respect. Well, and, and like, and, and it's easy, it, it would be easy to kind of like make the direct comparison between say like a Range Rover and a Jeep Wrangler. I mean, you, you could kind of make that, but the reality is, is the two are, they, they achieve roughly the same thing, but the, it, in two completely different ways. You know, as whereas the the Wrangler, being as capable as it is, you have to know when to, you know, uh, dislocate the sway bars, uh, when to put it into all lock or four low or whatever. And right. the Land Rover, you just use a terrain management feature, and there it is. Right, and so, and then it goes. 
So let me get it's now if you if you take two two vehicles both stock right let's take the Land Rover which is a little bit lighter a little bit more capable than a Range Rover is right against a Wrangler. First of all, the Wrangler is going to be a half to a third as much to to buy off the showroom floor, but. If you go to the most extreme terrain you can find, the Wrangler is more likely to, to complete it than the Range Rover. But on the other no. hand, eh, between the breakover angle and the and the, you know and some of the stuff it has going on and some of this steep stuff it can get over, I I'm still going to contend that if you're talking about rocks, you know that you're going to have a you're going to have an easier time in 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 the Wrangler, if only slightly. I right? guess I'm talking about like overlanding. You know, if you're if you're doing overlanding, sure. But overlanding isn't necessarily yeah, not bouldering. Yeah, not bouldering. But even right. even a regular even a regular Wrangler off the showroom floor is not going to boulder. Really? They, they, well, they can. I'm not talking about the rock climbing, but there's there's some. Anyway, we can debate this all night. But my point basically is that at some point the Land Rover and the Wrangler were really really close, and the Rover went upscale. And the Wrangler didn't. The Wrangler stayed sort of basic and honest and really went capable. And, they, and it's very much a British versus American kind of mentality. And it's, it's neat to see that distilled into an automotive vehicle. I think it's kind of cool and kind of fun. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, the future appears interesting, um, you know, with Tata Motors. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a little... A little interested to see where where they're going to take it, um, you know. It, it's you know with with the new you know the the with the new versions of the Range Rover, um, and and to see, okay, are are people going to start, you know, because the amount of people who own a land a Range Rover who actually take it off road so is small. Far smaller than people who own Wranglers will take it off road. Oh, I agree. Yeah. So, you know, do 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 they go away from that? You know, and also with the uh, the introduction of you know of of everybody adopting uh, electrification, you know, how is that going to play into it? When do we start seeing you know widespread implementation of that? That's going to be fun. Electric off-road vehicles is really going to be cool to see that because of that instant torque is going to really change the game. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, you have Chevrolet just announced that they're going with an all on an all-electric truck. Uh, Ford is going with an all-electric truck. Um, of course, there's Rivian. Yeah. Um, and 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 uh, Tesla's I'm working on a sure Tesla is going to be announcing it before the end of the year. Um, you know, Ford just invested what, $500 million into, in, in, into Rivian's, um, you know, skateboard technology and, and stuff to, to kind of buy into it. I mean, my gosh, what was, you know, it's. And in case anyone's not clear real quick. So it's not that it's the skateboard technology. It's the way the chassis is made and the way the batteries are laid into it. That makes it a really modular platform. So. But yeah. it looks like a skateboard when you, when you break it down. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 really modular and and so forth, and, and they can you know add to and take away things there and stuff like that. Um, I just saw um, there's some patents that they had for uh, interchangeable uh, 
you know, in, interchangeable back ends for the truck where you can switch in it out and whatever you want to on it, that type of thing. Like, so, like for, like for bed links and stuff? Yeah, for like bed links. Uh, I think one of them was like a uh, for uh, for um, like a like a like a wrecker, like like for towing stuff and you know, kind of like okay, you know, okay. So, so the bed like tilt up or tilt down? Yeah, I mean, just a bunch of different you wow. know kind of things where you, cool. you know, plug and play kind of a thing. So, yeah, I mean, and. And I think if, uh, you know, if Land Rover kind of goes into this direction and stuff, because it's becoming, it's getting to the point of where, you know, electric could possibly be a replacement for diesel for the most part. I think it has to be at some point. I mean, you're talking, you know, the, the advantages of diesel was, you know, um, you know, lower fuel economy with, the higher torque, you know, so you could really kind of just crawl in and out of stuff and everything. And, you know, electric is doing that. I mean, you've got, you know, Jeep just, uh, you know, just released, you know, the, 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 e, the e-torque assist on a four cylinder for the Wrangler and yeah. allows yeah. it to, you know, kind of, you know, be able to give you the, the low end torque and everything like that. And, and I, and, and I think if, you know, Tata Motors is smart. They've, they, they've, they've so far done some very good, some very good work and, and not, you know, messing that up. So. <laughs> right. Stay the course. Yeah. You know, don't you know. do anything crazy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, it's, no you're, you're absolutely right. Um, it's going to need to see sort of the way things, the way things go from here, if they can just fix that infotainment screen. I, that's um, going to be the next step. Yeah, they'll, they'll figure out a way. But, uh, but yeah, Jaguar Land Rover has, uh, definitely has a bright future. And uh, you got to love with it with the performance division. Some of their stuff that they're doing over there is really, really kind of neat to, to see uh, with big engines with blowers on top and all that stuff. But well, All right. I think that just about does it for Land Rover. Uh, I think that's a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Vroom, vroom, Matt. Have a good night, Zach.